we're joined now by Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for the Bleacher Report. You can follow him at Howard Beck on Twitter. Howard, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay, thanks. You? Uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. We certainly appreciate you joining us for a couple of minutes. Uh, let me ask you, we're expecting a, a vote on Thursday, correct me if I'm wrong, for the by the Board of Governors? That's the expectation. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, there's a, a lot of things that are fluid these days uh, with the NBA and, and everything else surrounding it. So we'll see. What uh, if, if they do vote, we'll just say, how soon do you expect the facilities, uh, the workouts to begin if they do vote and vote to get this thing going under the way at least we've heard it proposed going down to Orlando, Florida and getting it going? I don't think we're going to see. I mean, listen, what people I think are really wondering is when will we will they see actual NBA games being played? And I don't think you're going to see that until very late July, maybe not even until August. Um, it's going to this is unprecedented. They've never done anything like this to have whether it's 20 teams, 22 teams, 16 teams, 30 teams, whatever it is. They've never done this. There has never been, aside from summer league, which is obviously a much different set of circumstances and a, a well-established routine and format that they've been doing for years there's never been anything else like this right so to get all these teams with all their personnel to one location where they've never had an an nba event and then to build in all the precautions that they need to create this virtual bubble so that you don't have any threat or you such you have minimized the threat of the coronavirus the testing involved the procedures involved not to mention the training that you need to build into this because players are not in basketball shape after being out for three months. They're going to need minimum three weeks, maybe even four, to get into basketball shape so that you don't put them at risk of, of injury um, or at least unnecessary, uh, you know, unnecessary risk in addition to, to the usual. Um, it, it's going to take time. So I, you know, however this goes down with this vote, uh, however, you know, whatever the format they create, I would not expect you're going to see NBA games until very late July at the, at the earliest. Are they going to, because this was my question. Somebody asked me this yesterday. I I didn't know the details. That's why I was looking forward to having you on. So if they say, okay, we're going to go open up the facilities. We're going to get going on this. Do they practice at the facilities? Because then my question is, do they have to bubbleize the team in their cities until they get to Orlando? Or do they only do it once they get to Orlando? And then you've got foreign players who live. Yeah. I I just don't know how the logistics are. Um, as you, I'm sure, are aware, a lot of NBA practice facilities are, are already reopened right. for individual workouts, no more than four players at a time, um, no, you know, no hands-on uh, work with, with anybody. When we're talking about real practices, um, all 12 to 15 players, coaches involved, everything, that is not going to happen in their home markets that will not happen teams will not be able to have real practices until they are in orlando in the bubble having and 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 having gone through quarantine presumably too um so that you don't arrive there and immediately start spreading the virus that you didn't know you had so i think it's that's the other part of this why it takes so long you i think they're all going to have to go there and quarantine for two weeks before you even put them in a gym together how, do you have any idea how many players that are of foreign descent that went home that are international right now that need to come back into the United States and then additionally upon that quarantine themselves? I do not know. I suspect there are probably a handful. I think I think most guys stayed stateside. But even within that, 
not everybody's in their home market, even within the U.S. And so uh, there's there's a you know again there's a lot of complexion uh, you know uh, complications, a lot of a lot of uh, just things they got to be able to to smooth out before they can even get going. Uh, and then we get into the actual playing of the game. I mean, I know uh, many Milwaukee Bucks fans really could kind of see, you know, the the championship in sight. We were starting to smell a trophy and, you know, dream of maybe, you know, hoisting one downtown Milwaukee and finally a celebration to be had. Does what has gone on this season I, – I, they played 62 games, just about everybody did. Uh, and – I would not say that there's a diminishment to a championship should the Bucks win it or should the Bucks lose it. I think everybody under one tent, under one umbrella, I think is is still a very much a neutral site litmus test to how good you are. Do you see it the same way? I have said this many times the last couple of weeks, and I'll probably be saying it for quite a while longer. The asterisk, you know, uh, discussion it, it's it's very much in the eye of the beholder. Um, We've had, you know, truncated seasons before. Nothing like this. Nothing where a season has started, stopped, and then started again, and then started under, you know, such strange restrictions where they're going to be, you know, in this bubble environment and where there's going to be, you know, where there won't be fans. Like, everything about this will be completely unique in NBA history. So it's hard to judge. But prior seasons where there was a lockout in 2011, in 1998, um, those seasons – you know, we're shorter and people talked about asterisks, but nobody really says that about the Spurs championship in 99. Nobody really looks back and says, well, they've, you know, Tim Duncan's got five, but really it's four plus the asterisk one. No, he just, he's just, he's got five. The Spurs dynasty is five. And nobody talks about the fact that LeBron James's first title with Miami was in a, a lockout shortened season of 66 games. Um, this is different than those, but I do think that history should show us that once we get past the event and, and we just move on, it just becomes part of, of the NBA annals. We just look at the numbers and we say, yeah, that's the team that won the championship that year. Uh, that said, I also don't think we're ever going to forget what a strange year we are having just right, in the world right. and how it's affected the NBA. So uh, the, my last thought on it is this. If the Lakers, Bucks, or Clippers win the championship, We'll pr- everybody will probably say, okay, that's fine. If w- somebody other than those three teams, and actually I should expand it, because I think Toronto and Boston and maybe even Philly are all, are all viable. Like, I don't, I don't consider – like, if, if, those t- if those teams were to win the East, I don't think that that's that big of an upset, to be honest, all due respect to the Bucks, Those are all really good teams. But if you have a finals that is like, you know, Memphis versus Indiana or something <laughs> – I think people are going to be more apt to slap an asterisk on it because it'll be, no, no, no. That's the year that the Lakers, Bucks, and Clippers, you know, got knocked out in the first round because of some weird injuries that happened because players have been out for three months and or, God forbid, some stars went down with the virus in the midst of it and it, and it you know, completely altered the course of the postseason. Those things, that's the, un, that's the unknown. Uh, does the long, you know, off months – does that favor the teams with veteran players because it allows them to get their legs under them? It doesn't really matter, do you think? It's one of these, you know, age-old, you know, it, it, this is like the, the the rest versus rust discussion and a lot of right. other age-old, you know, debates in the NBA. Like, does it favor the veteran teams because they already have the know-how, or does it favor the young teams because it's easier for them to jump back into activity, whereas for a 35-year-old LeBron James, you know, 
for example, maybe it, 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 is, it, is, it, is he at a greater injury risk? Is it harder for him to get going again? I, I, I don't know. I don't even know if physiologists and trainers could tell you that. But um, I, I think the only obvious thing you can say is the Bucks benefit from having Giannis's knee presumably healthy now. The, the Sixers benefit from Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid getting healthy. Um, in, you know, everybody aside from the Jazz who lost Bogdanovich to, to uh, surgery recently, everybody else comes back presumably healthier than they were in March, just kind of rusty and out of shape. Uh, hey, before I let you go, so when uh, the season gets underway, do we have the idea? Do we know that it's just going to go straight into the postseason and there's going to be so many teams that just aren't going to come back? Or have they even decided that yet? I don't think that's clear. I think that is among the things that we will find out within the next couple of days. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think anybody should be under any illusion that there's a real regular season still to be played. The teams have anywhere between, I think, 15 to 19 games. I don't think we're seeing the season completed. It's not going to be 82. That, that part you can pretty well conclude. But right. how many games teams might play prior to what we classify as the playoffs What's classified as a play-in? What's classified as what? Like all those things is is still being ironed out. No doubt, good stuff, Howard. Hey, thanks for being flexible today. We certainly appreciate it, and we appreciate your time. Hopefully, we're talking about on-court stuff uh, and the votes and getting guys back to playing again the next time you and I chat. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Talk to you soon. There you go, Howard Beck, and he's with the Bleacher Report their lead NBA writer, and a good stuff for him to come back and join us. He wasn't able to join us at the bottom of the last hour, had to reschedule, came right back, called up, said, hey, I'm good to go. So good to get him back on. Very uh, very amped up, getting ready to get the season uh, back underway. But, like he said, it's going to be a little bit of time before all of a sudden we start seeing NBA games yet again. He joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com.